Hello and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we're going to talk about parents who are also youth leaders. One of the things Mark and I both know a little bit about is when your parent is a leader at the church, there is definitely a unique relationship. Both there's some really cool benefits to having a parent who is a leader in your church, but also some strength, some unique struggles <laughs> that might come when a parent serves in an educational ministry in your church, uh, especially in youth ministry. And in that adolescent time as you're trying to you know gain some independence, but also you know having your parents close by <laughs> in church mm-hmm. and in youth ministry. So we're going to spend some time in this series as we're talking about parents, talking about partnering uh, with parents who are also youth leaders and some of the unique um, growth opportunities, but also some struggles that you might have being both of those things at the same time. And sometimes staff members are going to find being in that situation, which of course maybe creates another level of relationships and things to be connected within the church. We also know that many lay leaders who jump into youth ministry do so because they love a young person and have a connection with them. And we certainly see that when we look at adult leaders who are coming to maybe a youth gathering or other events, they feel passionately about making sure their child has a healthy Christ-centered youth ministry experience. So they step in and they make it possible for many of their congregational youth to have that as well. Yet, stepping into that dual role of parent and youth leader can be perilous at times. There are always, always ways that this can add extra pressure to the parents, and it can be difficult for the youth as well. As again, as Juliana was saying, they're trying to form their own identity and independence, and having maybe mom or dad around can kind of get in the middle of that sometimes. Right. I, churches, as a church leader, you love having parents who are extra involved in youth ministry, but that also can have their own impact both in the church and I feel like in their household as well, maybe in ways that you don't always see. We know there's lots of youth leaders who are filling both of those roles. So we asked DCE Jeremy Becker to join us in this conversation uh, and how he's navigating those roles together. Jeremy Becker has served as a DCE for over 20 years and is currently serving at St. Paul in Weston, Florida. Uh, he He's a fan of the St. Louis Cardinals, going to the beach and training for marathons. He has he has a wife, Kristen, and two daughters at home. Jeremy, thanks for joining us. Great to be here. Thanks for asking. Hey, Jeremy, we got to hear a little bit about you briefly in the intro, but tell us something more about your vocations, your role in youth ministry, and other things that bring you joy. Awesome. Thanks. Well, you know, I get to serve at a congregation where it's, in, in terms of called staff, it's the pastor and myself. So while I primarily focus in youth and family ministry, I, I, uh, I have found that I, I have a lot of joy in working outside of that area too, and uh, which is good because I get pulled outside of that area a lot. So I do find joy in connecting with, uh, with the adults, definitely with love doing audiovisual stuff for the church. And uh, one of my favorite things that I never thought it would be is, is organizing and running a vacation Bible school. Um, wow. which we are in full swing gearing up for, for, for that again this year. So yeah, so uh, super fun. And yeah, just love, love being a part of all of that. And, and it's just been, it's been a blast and a blessing. Well, one thing, Jeremy was too modest. He won't say it. So one thing that a Jeremy Becker VBS is known for is props. Really? <laughs> he builds incredible props. Amazing. Not just for VBS. He's he's has many talents, and that's one amazing one that he has. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate that. Yeah, we 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 did. We built that train last year for uh, for our VBS. So yes, yeah. and it worked. It worked, it worked right? Yeah, we it, it was 
it pulled passengers around our campus. The kids had a blast. And uh, yeah, it was four cars being pulled by a, an engine. So people were asking me what I'm building this year. And I said, well, I don't know, but my wife said no vehicles this year. <laughs> <laughs> that is a dangerous thing, though. Oh. Like, because once you do one year all out, then, then you get notorious for it, right? Like, then you well, have to do every year all out. That's true. That's true. That's some other churches, too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, one of the things we love to hear from people uh, who join us on the podcast is about their junior high and senior high years. Can you share a little bit about how Jesus used key moments or moments or even people to bring you closer to him in the church? Yeah, you bet. So I had I had a few different youth leaders growing up, and they they poured into my life in amazing ways, besides my parents and, and their faith, passing that down to me. My dad was was the pastor, so that's part of the conversation. So you know, in this conversation of, of being youth leaders, my, my parents were at church and my teacher, my pastor, my confirmation instructor, all of that. So I was on the other end of this as well. So maybe that helps me a little bit to have a perspective kind of as you both shared, but I had, I had a couple of other youth leaders too, that were just amazing. Always there for me, always willing to talk about issues, um, willing to talk through, through situations. And we did go through a, a situation in our church where a bunch of people left our church because of some issues that were happening within the congregation. And a part of that group included my youth directors from middle school and, and into eighth grade. So went into high school without youth leaders and we had amazing seminarians who would come in on the weekend to teach the high schoolers uh, who were doing their field work at our church, close enough to St. Louis Seminary that we had some field workers. And so uh, they would come in and say, all right, Jeremy, what's going on this week? Or because... <laughs> I was as a freshman and, you know, wanting to go to the national youth gathering. That was huge for me. So 1992, New Orleans, I, I had a friend who went to Denver and heard the story and desperately wanted to go to the next one. And so that was my goal. And so I ended up doing a lot of planning for that as a high schooler, pulling together the meetings with the parents, getting wow. the, getting the signatures and the, all the forms together with my dad being the pastor kind of helped. He kind of helped coach me through some of that stuff. And then our field worker and seminarians went along as adult leaders. And we had 10 people go from our church that year, which was amazing. And so being a part of that experience, not just the gathering itself, but actually having a leadership role and getting our group to the gathering, I kind of sat in a Superdome, uh, one of those mass event nights, and just kind of looked around and said, I think I'm supposed to be doing this. <laughs> I think this is, I think this is my calling. This is what God's wanting me to do. And so that was pretty pivotal for me in my life. And then the next youth leader that came in, um, he, he took us on youth singing group tours. And so that, that really sparked a huge interest for me as we went to different churches in the summer over a week period and did a concert and played music and, and that just helped my love for leading music and worship kind of grow in that. And later on in high school. That's great. It's just so many opportunities and people, and I'd love to hear the, the variety too, in terms of different parts of life that people, like you said, really invest in you and pour into you, keep you connected to the church. And I love the vocational story too. Um, just those opportunities to lead as well. I mean, what an awesome way to be able to do that as a young person. Um, I want to talk a little bit about young people, working with them, you got to do it with parents as well, obviously in family ministry. What do you love about that? Doing that in your congregation as well as in your community? I find that working with young people helps keep me feeling kind of young too. And uh, being at this for over 20 years, that's it's always helpful to have that. I realize, and I've, I've moved into this role now in this age where 
I am closer to their parents and actually now older than some of their parents than I am closer to them in age. And that's, that's been a weird transition over the last 10 years. But I, I love the, the connection with them, helps helping keeping me young and feeling young and connected to the age group. But I think mostly it's really watching them discover what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. And whether that's, you know, in a fellowship opportunity where a conversation comes up and we can talk about, you know, just a life situation where we get a a teachable moment or whether it's, you know, in a specific confirmation class when we're discussing, uh, as of last night, we were talking about, about communion and, and one of, one of the kids was like, how do we know that we receive forgiveness of sins in this? So let's explore that, you know? And so we, we get to talk through that and, and those aha moments of, understanding who Jesus is for them and what he's done for us. I think that's amazing. And and I think the older that I get, maybe it's because I, I realize that it's my peers who are parents. And I find that I love connecting with the parents more because I feel like that relationship that the parents have in talking about faith with their kids is so important. Mm-hmm. And and so it's fun to have those conversations directly with the with the youth, but to have conversations with parents to help them have those faith conversations with their own kids. That, that is amazing. And I love, I love it when parents figure out and realize, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm, I'm not supposed to be outsourcing faith to the church. I'm supposed to be a part of this too. So that, that really, those are some of my favorite experiences. Well, we spent uh, some time in the past few episodes talking about how to support and to partner with parents, really to help them have some of those aha moments and, and to work alongside them. How do you think that supporting and partnering with parents in a congregation is different when you are also a parent of a teen in your youth ministry? Yeah. So it's interesting because the parents that I'm talking with are my peers. They have kids involved. And so... I feel like um, in many ways it's tricky because our life as a family is under the microscope. How is it that you're doing this? And are you doing this the way I want to do this? And, oh man, I'm not doing what Jeremy did with his family, or I want to replicate what Jeremy did with his family, or, you know, is Jeremy's family just putting on an act or is this really who they are? Right? So there's, there's all that aspect of, you know, what are we doing as a family? How do we model that? Are we doing a good enough job to model that? And, you know, I know that we fail on many occasions for that and and learn along the way. And and so I, I like to be able to help parents see that. It's like, well, when we're doing it well, we're doing it like this. When we're not doing it well, we're doing it like this. And here's how we've learned to get from one and or here's here's what we're still struggling with. And just being real and honest to say, you know, not sure how this goes or this is my first time through this and, and that's okay. I remember looking back at this before I was even married and working in youth ministry going, why would a parent listen to me mm-hmm. talk about how to parent a kid when I haven't parented a kid? And, and yet there were so many things that I knew from other people and learning from other people. And at that time, I found more more help in resourcing other families with each other so that it's like, hey, this is a great family. They have got this down. Um, I can tell you how to do this, but here's the family you should watch, right? Or here's the family you should talk with. And, and so that still is what I like to do because sometimes we have this right as a family, but I can tell you some other families that when it comes to devotional life, that's the, this is the family you should be talking to. Our family is hit or miss on that you know, or hit or miss on this or that, whatever it might be, but here's the family. And so it's still continuing to resource families with each other to support each other and help each other. That's great. You talked about that role of, of having your own children in, in youth ministry and sometimes in, and finding that right mix and that right time, that right connection. 
what are maybe some of the joys uh, that you have being a parent who is also a youth leader? And whether that's with your own children or getting to be with their friends now, maybe in peers and be able to be in that role. Yeah. Having my kids as a part of the programs that we're doing at church has been super fun, actually. I, I've I've always wondered, all right, when my kids are old enough, are they going to want to be doing this? Or am I going to be like calling them, sending them postcards saying, hey, we'd love to see you on Wednesday. And, and they're like, dad, I, I don't have a choice. But, you know, it's, it's it, it really hasn't been that for me. I'm very fortunate as my girls have been growing up. It's always kind of like, when do I get to do this part? Or when do I get to go to that lock-in? Or when do I get to go on this trip? And so I've been really fortunate that they've wanted to be a part of it. And so as they have have participated and as they've uh, been a part of it, I get to watch them grow. I get to watch them interact. I get, you know, all the stuff that I've been doing for 20 years, not not just for other kids and other families. It's like, this is, this is for our kids too. This is for my kids. This is, I get to watch them grow that work that I put into it. Now I'm pouring into them specifically too. And not just a dad role, but you know, we're having fun at church or we're in the service project together or on this mission trip. And so that's, that's been super watching, watching them participate in that. I, I always try to be very careful to not treat them differently than the other kids at church. And mm-hmm. that goes both ways. I, I don't want to play favorites towards them so that it's like, they're always, well, they always get to be with the kids they want to room with. They're always in the group that they want to be in a group with, right? So that they don't have that aspect, but it, it goes the other way too, where it's like, Dad, why do you always volunteer me to read? Or why am I always the one that has to close in prayer? Or why am I always the one? Okay, so so I'm trying to go the other way too, where I wouldn't put more expectations on them than I would the other kids either. If I'm asking one, I'd ask the other. If I wouldn't ask the other one, I wouldn't ask mine. And so that's that's kind of part of that navigating of what it is in terms of, yeah, they're my kids. I want them and I have an expectation as a father, but at the same time as my role as DCE, I got to, you know, don't play favorites and uh, don't also lean on them over, over what I would expect from others too. You hit something there uh, that I just remember for me in adolescence was that idea of like, uh, well, uh, I don't really have a choice whether I'm going to youth ministry or not. Like that, that choice is like, uh, we are going, mm-hmm. right? And and I think a lot of times you have that fear of like, okay, man, is this, are they going to really want to to do this? Or or even like, is this going to make it feel even more obligatory than than all the other things that we do at church? So there can definitely be some, some pitfalls as well. What are some of those pitfalls you might need? to struggle through as a parent who's also a youth leader yeah so i i one of the cool things that is so while i try and treat them while i try and treat my kids equally in front of all the other kids there's definitely some behind the scenes stuff that they get to be a part of that not not all the other kids get to so on the way home or on the way to and oftentimes the conversation is hey how did you think that went or what do you think we should do differently next time or what what game would you have rather played or you know those kind of things where where they get to pour into some of that um, behind the scenes planning and ideas and stuff on that. And one of the one of the things that I've liked about that is I feel it gives them a little bit more ownership. So it's not just hey, our family always goes to church, our family always goes to Sunday school, our family always go to team nights, our family always you know whatever it is. You know, so it's like no, they they'll want to be there because they've had some input in the the prep or the leadership. Even it's just behind the scenes with me, kind of one on one conversations letting them know that I'm interested in their opinion and I am going to use them and lean on them for, you know, what are their peers thinking about this? So, so what, what are your friends telling you about this? How, how can we do that differently? Or if you don't know, ask them, cause I'd love to know. 
Mm-hmm. So yep. I think some of the pitfalls that, that might come into play would, um, it, I think I, I would definitely not be as effective with my own kids if I didn't have them come into that leadership or into that conversation with me sometimes. And I think another big thing is I, while I try not to solely rely on them to fill the gaps when kids don't volunteer. <laughs> so it's like, all right, what do you mean? I don't have anybody. All right. I've got two daughters. They're going to come and do all of it for me every single time. So try not to do that so that they don't feel like they're the ones that are always rested upon for filling the gap, not just in youth ministry, but sometimes that's with church too. So when pastor says, Hey, do you think someone, do you think Natalie would like to do that? Or, or maybe Michaela could come and do that. And it's like, uh, th- that's a great idea. We, why don't you ask them? <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. I'm, I'm, I can't say that I'm 100% perfect on that, but I try to do it that way so that they get the conversation from the pastor just like they would if it was any other kid. I mean, yeah, so that it's not always, uh, Dad, why'd you always, why do you always sign me up for that or, or whatever? So. Well, I think every leader's kid, every church leader's kid has been voluntold to do at least some of that, right? <laughs> or at least knows the the pain of like, the event was over a half an hour ago, and yet we are still not in the car. Every event taking, you know, an extra half an hour before or after. And that can take a toll, especially in that time when you're maybe wanting uh, to be just like your peers or, you know, that you feel like there's those extra expectations. And so I appreciate when when parents are conscientious of making sure that that doesn't always take away from the experience you want them to have in the congregation. I know my, I was in my dad's confirmation class and at questioning, there were 12 of us sitting up there in the front of church. And I'm sure it wasn't like this, but my memory has me remembering it like this, where my dad would ask a question, he would wait, he would wait, he would scan the, the class and nobody would answer him, Jeremy. And then I'd answer the question. <laughs> no. He'd ask another question and somebody would answer. And then he'd ask another one and nobody would answer, nobody would answer, nobody would answer, Jeremy. It felt like every other question was coming to me. I'm sure it wasn't the case, but it, you know that's how my eighth grade memory serves it. So my dad's more conscientious of that. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say it was probably a, an accurate memory on my part. But um, yeah, I, I try to try not to do that. Maybe because I have that thought in my head going from when I was a youth. <laughs> Still feel the eyes burrowing in. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Staring me down, <laughs> Jeremy. I know you know this. You can answer it. Come on. Well, and then when he did it, it was like a personal affront, right? right? That's like, right. <laughs> Master, why does he not know that answer? <laughs> That's right. I feel like we're opening our own I, I know. It's like, this, this, is, this is becoming group counseling. Right. So no doubt, learn lessons through this whole process, parenting, being a youth leader, being working in the church. Maybe through the time, or maybe there'd be some things you might suggest that maybe you've had a problem maybe in putting into practice too. But what are some things when you think about boundaries? What are some of the things maybe that you found helpful in navigating being a parent and a youth leader that maybe you're able to set up a little bit more, maybe in structure or just things you've learned along the way to create those good, healthy boundaries for both you, your family and the church and how all those come together? I, I think I kind of allude to some of the things that I probably shared, but in terms of boundaries, um, making sure that I, I'm not playing favorites or having a different expectation for my kids either way. Um, when it comes to that, uh, I think another big helpful thing is, especially like in confirmation, when there's different pieces that are being written, like currently working on a faith statement, I'm not the only parent that's involved in that process. Mm-hmm. My wife, Kristen is involved in that aspect too. So it's not just me, it's, it's us. 
Um, and so having that healthy boundary with a spouse can be very good. Sometimes they can be, a, they can hear something or sense frustration that, that might get aired that I might not hear because I'm the parent that's at church with them all the time. And so I think that's another healthy aspect to, to the relationship there between parent and youth kid and BCE kid. So, you know, I, I think those are, those are helpful. I think having those boundaries too, with other staff or other expectations within the church and letting the kids know that just because their parents work at church doesn't mean that they are, have to be any different than the other kids that are at church, that they can, they can serve or they can choose not to in some of these cases. And we'll talk about what are options and what are, what are not options, you know, however that might be. And so having those conversations and, and communicating that well with, with your kids, I think is, is important. And, and even communicating that with the staff, I don't know that they don't come to me too often expecting that my kids will do something because I, I have done the, that that's a great idea. I'd love for them to do that. Why don't you ask them? And so they, they, they do have that with the other staff. I think that's kind of a helpful thing where it's not just expected of or taken for granted of, of their talents or what they can do. We talk about both supportive adults and engaged parents. And when your engaged parent is kind of the, the leader, whether it's lay or professional, do you find yourself engaging other supportive adults differently for your own kids in order to make sure that they've got a good community around them than maybe you would if, if you were just the, if, if you're just the, the kid supportive adult as a youth leader? Yeah, that's, that's great. And I, you know, I, I probably have deliberately thought of that, but I know that I do that. And you asking that, I'm thinking through that. There's definitely, um, and we just put our, our invitation list together for my daughter's confirmation. So I know there's, there's adults that we specifically invited that we had already, that we've talked to who are faith mentors for them at church besides me, besides the other staff that they know. And so, yeah, that is, that is true. Equipping, engaging, whether it's deliberately asking them to do that or just making sure that that's happening because they're involved in youth ministry. Yeah. I can think of about three or four couples at church that I know pour into my kids. And some of them we've asked to do that because it's not just dad being the faith parent here, but other parents doing that too. And the cool part is those, those adults don't just pour into my kids. They, they pour into the other kids too. And, and when, those kids are around my daughters. They they get they get that connection with those adults as well. That's one of the things I've I've learned too. This is kind of off topic, but as as I get older and become more of the age of kids, you know, the kids' parents, and older than some of the other parents, making sure that there are a number of younger adults that are closer in age to the kids involved, because mm-hmm. I think that's so important for them to see faith role models who are closer to their age and not just, well, you're my parents' age. So of course you go to church. No, these are kids. These are other young adults in their twenties, um, late twenties, thirties who are pouring into the youth kids. And and that's a, that's a, a new way that I've had to think about doing youth ministry to make sure I have that connection. Great. Well, and I think you, one of those things that we can try and be conscientious of, especially, you know, it, somebody who doesn't have kids, but looking for the, not just the kids on the margins, but those kids whose, uh, whose parents are at the center who maybe sometimes do get treated a little bit differently to make sure that they have other adults that they can check in with and that they can uh, feel like they're just one of the other kids in the youth group with can be, can be really valuable as well. Yeah. what about being a parent can help you, can benefit you in leading youth ministry? Now that you are a parent, do you find yourself <laughs> leading youth ministry differently because of things you've learned as a parent? 
Yeah, I I definitely do. There are things that I know that I've done that I, I feel like I would try to sell you to do it the same way I did it because I felt like it. And there are definitely things that I have failed at that I would suggest trying a different way or learning from a different role model besides myself. So there are there are things that, that I have, you know, would do it that way differently or, or, or do things differently. Bringing in younger people who aren't parents is is also like I mentioned. I think that's huge for me. But I think one of the one of the benefits is I definitely feel like other parents want to connect with me because they see that I'm doing the same thing they're doing. Oh man! So what? Are you, how are you going to do those college visits? Or what is it that you're talking about with your kids as they're going off to school? How are you going to get them connected in the faith? And in the past, I would say, oh, yeah, check with this family and this family because they've done it well. That's who I'm looking at. That's who I'm modeling after. And so um, now that I'm walking through that, it's it's kind of cool that I've got firsthand um, knowledge of how that works or how that doesn't work. Or, yeah, that other family said they did it this way, and I, it's not working for me. So here's what we're doing instead um, or whatever it might be. So, so yeah, that's that's been kind of fun. And, and I really find that I I love meeting with the parents even more than way more than I used to. Um, and so having a parent class on a Sunday morning, you know, even if it's like a two week class on this, um, let's let's do sticky faith for uh, like three weeks or let's let's talk about, you know, college college bound for for a couple of weeks and, and sending our kids off in a, in a good way and in a healthy way with their faith. So. Having that and working with parents is definitely, I find way more joy in it, whether that's beneficial or not. I find way more joy in it than I did when I was 20 something trying to figure out what I was supposed to be talking about. Well, we're grateful for you, Jeremy, and for the many other parents who are also rolling that dual role of parent and youth leader together. We know there's many of them. We appreciate you uh, sharing a little bit about your experience. My pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks, Jeremy. There are many times I think about now as an adult of probably some pretty sticky situations my dad or parents had to walk through working in church work. Probably sometimes I put them in those situations, <laughs> maybe, uh, but just decisions you got to make, the relationships, the communication, and how, you know, by God's grace, you handle those as best you can. But no doubt some pitfalls, some things to be aware of, but yet joys too that comes in that, no doubt too, those relationships that get built. I mean, I was one of those too. I mean, I, I loved having my parents involved and to be able to, for them to be around my friends and to be able to continue to rely on them for wisdom and insight and no doubt again, often rejected it too in sin, but it's still a blessing to have them as part of the ministry for me when I was growing up. Yeah, I was in middle school when my mom went uh, into DC ministry. And so that was, uh, I remember there being some some real struggles mm-hmm. with, with figuring out how mm-hmm. we did that. And we were, my mom was incredibly active in the church before, so it didn't feel like a huge leap, but it certainly felt very different for me trying to navigate, again, some of those good boundaries. Yep. Um, and, and I'm not sure I was particularly helpful in that conversation. Yeah. I'm lucky I had fantastic parents who who walked that with us and helped us figure that out. But I also know, you know, we looked at, you know, you think about how Jeremy talked about other people looking at your family mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. the model mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. be the mentor. And even as an as a teenager, you feel that sure. and you know that's true. And so I think it's really important both to walk the walk and talk the talk as a family and be sure that you're doing those things, but also to have grace to go, yeah, we don't, we don't do this perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, this is a place where, you know, we might still struggle and, and maybe here's some other families we look at as good models for some of this, or 
hey, there's lots of ways that we can do this. And this, what works for our family might not work for your family. All really important things to keep in mind as you kind of walk that path of, of both of those things together. And I hope to, if you're listening to this and you're not parenting um, or your kid you're parenting is not in your youth ministry, I hope too that this may be helpful if you have someone in your church who is doing that, yeah. um, how you can be that supportive adult for them. Is there, The expectations can be high and sometimes having that trusted supportive adult walking alongside a youth can be huge uh, because it is a maybe tough even at home to have those conversations with parents from time to time and to have that additional set of ears and someone who's speaking wisdom into their life and God's word and just being relational with them and understanding maybe some of those pressures is really meaningful for a young person. So even just keeping your eyes open for those opportunities to care for those kids whose parents may be in ministry in your congregation. As a youth leader, often you're looking for other volunteers. You're trying yeah. to build that team. Yeah. You want to have other adults walking beside you. And and the parents of the teens who are in your youth ministry are often <laughs> the first mm-hmm. people you think of, mm-hmm. the first um, group that you tag. But making sure that that team, well, as a variety of adults, I love that Jeremy's talking about, mm-hmm. you know, the need for young adults. Mm-hmm. I think the same yep. thing is true for older adults. But that also when you do bring in a parent to be a key youth leader, how are you then making sure that their child is cared for in, in the same way? way and and conscientious of what that does for that young person as well can be really important. So a few closing questions for you to consider. First, how are you modeling faith development in your own home and being honest about where you might struggle? If you are a parent of a youth in your ministry, how are you encouraging other adults to invest in your child? And finally, how are you setting good boundaries uh, with your child in youth ministry programming? We will continue to keep you in our prayers as you serve both as parent and youth leader. May it be a chance for you and your child to walk together, learning about God's word and leaning on his promises. We hope that it's a chance for you to deepen your relationship with God and with each other. Engels Podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church. 